y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 41, The Diaries. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And don't forget my online store. Go visit it, cortezNYC.bigcartel.com. There you can find original art, graffiti pins, stickers, posters for you guys to check out. And let's get on with the show. The Diaries. Carla. Diarios. So... <laughs> sketchbooks and diaries journals mm -hmm. um when you're starting a new sketchbook some tips some ideas i think sometimes when you get a new book it's kind of intimidating to start it i don't know if you ever started a scrapbook or a journal scrapbooks yeah oh yeah you started a scrapbook <laughs> long time ago i haven't made a scrapbook in a long time oh but yeah starting a scrapbook is a little bit tough getting the first idea, what do you want it to be about, the theme behind it. Yeah. Um, I also had a diary when I was younger. I had a, a diary and I used to write a lot. Like it was like a, an emotional, personal diary. <laughs> <laughs> like it was and, your psychologist? <laughs> and I remember, yeah. <laughs> your therapy session. Exactly. Wow. But yeah, I can imagine having just a book in front of you empty and you have to start filling it out with you know your art your words it, it has to be challenging when i did a little research mm -hmm. uh the opinions that i saw mostly were if you have a new book a new sketchbook yeah um you, artists are usually intimidated by what are they going to start the book with what's the first page is going to look like because it's what people usually when they open your sketchbook it's the first thing they see mm -hmm. and i guess it's a little bit of that stage fright of like what do i want people to see first in my book it better be good enough right you know it's it's a little bit intimidating because you should unless if it's a, a sketchbook like a real raw book that you don't show anybody because mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of notes yeah you know that's fine but if you're making a sketchbook a black book like in graffiti in the graffiti world you know a black book where you are, are actually sharing this book with a lot of people mm -hmm. then the first pages or the inside covers become very important because it's the first thing people see um i think there's already a formula for black books for what the first pages in black books usually are and i think it can go It usually goes three ways. It could either be um, reserved for the actual owner of the book to do the inside covers and to do like amazing pieces on the yeah. inside covers, you know, fully rendered, really detailed, really yeah. amazing, really impressive pieces on the inside covers. Sometimes like uh, if, uh, if somebody's passing you his black book and he hasn't done the inside covers yet, he might tell you, yo, don't touch the inside covers or whatever, because he's got ideas already he wants to do there. He wants mm -hmm. that for himself. Mm -hmm. 
Other times, black books, the inside covers are full of tags. Mm. The covers and the inside covers are full of tags, and then the pieces are more on the on the center of the, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that, and that's another way of doing it, where if you pass your book around, you let you let the outside pages and the outside the inside covers be just wh- wherever you could fit a tag. Right. Like everybody, that's your sign in. If I bump into you and I, oh yo, what's up? Yo, sign my book, and you just sign on the inside uh, cover. Okay, okay. Um, and then the other way that the inside covers go is stickers. I've seen people using the inside covers and the covers for for stickers, like random stickers, um, things that they collect or, or stickers that whatever they, they find. Yeah, whatever <laughs> they find, you know. Um, or or sometimes like because it's very popular now to do. It's always been popular, but more now to trade stickers in the sense of um, you get the the blank mailing stickers and uh-huh. people take tags and they mail it to each other uh-huh. with their tag on it and then you can collect them and put them in your black book so it's a way of getting their signature into your book mm-hmm. even though they would never actually get to your physical book right you at least have their actual signature in your book um so i've seen that you know they call them slaps you know just mm-hmm. stickers that have tags on them but um that's another thing so you'll find black books that also have that in the inside pages now that's the graffiti world. In the in the world of actual, you know, just the more general public, um, they're sketchbooks, right? Some of the things I could imagine, these are some ideas that I could imagine could be good and maybe they can translate into graffiti in the graffiti world. Uh-huh. Um, I think signatures. So we said tags, right, for the graffiti world. Well, I think signatures in general would be good uh, for an intro to an artist's book. Yeah. Um, if if I if you're giving me your book and I open your book and the first thing I see is like the way that you sign mm-hmm. or maybe a few a few versions of your signature or something like that or maybe like a really well done thick marker or maybe a brush paintbrush you know version of your signature yeah I think that could set a tone for your book that would be a nice intro to who you are yeah exactly you know? because you're basically introducing yourself. Um, and your art to another person to another so. person through your sketchbook so mm-hmm. why not let it be your, your signature yeah. you know? so that's that's a good that's a good suggestion for uh, the inside covers or the first page yeah. of your I don't know if you have this on your list what? but what about if if it's in the graffiti world where usually you give your black book to other artists have all the artists that are inside the black book sign it in the in the oh, yeah. pages and yeah. that way it's like the presentation of the artists that are in this black that that's a lot of hard, that's very difficult to organize <laughs> you know like because sometimes you know the book gets passed around yeah yeah but if you can manage it where you actually hand it hand to hand with these instructions to people mm-hmm. that would be that'd be really cool yeah yeah that'd be that's a that'd be awesome take notes guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean so there's people out there that really manage their black books very carefully mm-hmm. and that would be a good suggestion yeah, yeah that yeah. let only the artists that are featured that are, inside exactly. your black book let them have a, a part of the front exactly. to sign. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's another suggestion. What if you divide up the front, the inside covers, divide them up into into portions like squares, mm-hmm. you know, into into uh, panels, like yeah, yeah. little little squares or rectangles, and you assign each artist a rectangle. Yeah, exactly. You know that I mean? way, like, it's not one on, on top of the other, but each one has their own little space. space. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's an idea. These are ideas. These are yeah. ideas we're throwing around. Yeah, These are yeah. suggestions. If you guys are artists out there, whether you're graffiti artists or you're fine artists or you're illustrators or whatever, 
you know, if you have a book and you're starting a book, these are ideas for you to fill in your first pages. Mm-hmm. How do you start your book? How do you, what, what is the first thing you want people to see when they open your book? So the next one on my list is notes and quotes. Mm. And those things rhyme. Yeah. Unintentionally, but they do rhyme. Yes. Notes and quotes. Um, I think it's interesting to open a book and find written stuff. I think that's interesting. Um, Because I'm sure as I look through your book, I'm going to find art. Exactly. So it's kind of interesting that the first thing I I would do is is read when I see your book, that you're showing me something written. So a bunch of quotes would be really cool if you actually had quotes that mattered to you or even your own quotes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it could be quotes that you just like in general. You know, Um, Notes are really good. I, I actually, some of my books, I have notes in the front. Um, sometimes the notes will be intentional art notes uh-huh. that are like really bent for you to read as the viewer. Other times, they're just notes of stuff that happens. Like I'll just use my back, the back of my book, um, as like almost like a like a place to write, like a memo pad, like a, a place to write things. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you have a black book, let's say over a period of time maybe three years four years that you're still using the same book those notes are going to build up and it's going to be interesting to see some of the things you know it's for yourself especially to see some of these things that you came across along the years that maybe you you had to jot down maybe a phone number or maybe somebody's information or maybe something about you know maybe a, a project you were working on and you had to write down some you know info about it maybe uh um what you what what materials you had to buy like maybe a shopping list of colors or something like so that's interesting and i and i feel comfortable doing that for my own books like letting the back be an area of like memos and notes and things like that um but i think intentional notes are good too if you if you have a theme to your book um and you're studying some specific theme for your book it, it would be good to write down notes, you know, related to what's going to be inside the book, you mm-hmm. know, in the, and leave those things being the front cover, you know. And I think that's a good icebreaker. You know, we're, ta- we're talking about what to start your book with as an icebreaker so that people can be introduced into your sketchbook. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the idea of, of the first idea, signatures, and I like the second idea, notes and quotes, that kind of stuff. Um, the next idea is something that I've done maybe a handful of times in sketchbooks and i still think it's a good idea which is making color swatches in the introduction to your book that's cool making small boxes whether they're boxes or circles or you just do it freehand Mm -hmm. but making little swatches of color so that you kind of it's almost like tuning your instrument you know you're kind of like introducing people to like what are the colors that you like to use Mm -hmm. what are the colors that you have in mind yeah you know what do you what do you like what are the colors that you like and then you also as the artist you know you're you're kind of like cracking your knuckles and getting ready to get into some work you know you're kind of like just at least starting breaking the ice by saying i'm just going to lay down some color let me just lay down some color let me just you know let me not let this book be pure white yeah you know what i mean and 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 Sometimes you're intimidated to do a masterpiece right out the gate because you might 
you might do this masterpiece and then the next page do something like no inspiration and you're like uh <laughs> so it's a good way for you to just break that ice and say okay i'm gonna lay down some artwork in the front i'm gonna do color i'm just gonna do swatches of color um maybe experimenting with um different mediums like maybe do swatches of color in color pencil and then the swatches of color in marker and then you know like that way that way you're you're kind of like reflecting and and brainstorming what you can do with the mediums that you're going to be using inside your actual black book um paint markers you know in graffiti black books you know you do a lot of silver gold or maybe multicolor paint markers maybe you just do swatches of those little squares of those colors write down the names of the colors and that kind of thing that would be cool that that gives um well first of all because it is, it is colorful so it grabs the exactly. attention of the person that is looking at it but it's like an interesting way also to write your words it's basically like your notes yeah your words um but with colors and exactly. and mediums And, and then also, I mean, if you're, this goes back into the notes. If you're shopping for spray paint, mm -hmm. maybe maybe write down the colors that you're buying, and do little swatches of the color. You know what I mean? To kind of like co co coincide with it. Right. That could be another way of also like, number one, memorizing the paint that you're that you're using, so you mm -hmm. can when you go to buy it again, you know what color you used. But number two, to kind of introduce the viewer of your sketchbook to what are your tastes what colors do you like yeah um all right so along with the idea of doing the color swatches there's something that i've done also that's another thing that i've done in sketchbooks is um <laughs> let my first inner pages be my scrap paper so what i mean by that is like i i use those i leave those pages blank and i use them whenever i want to test a marker oh, okay if i have a, if i have an old marker if i'm going to sit down and do something in the book I'll test it out in the front, in the inner covers. I'll just like do some some scribbles just to make sure that the marker works good. Mm -hmm. Or what color is it? If I want to test what color it is, and the same thing if I'm using ink or whatever, maybe I'll I'll do some tests, like scratchy marks, just to kind of make sure that the pen is writing good and everything. I'll do those things, and it and it for some people it might be messy, and they would never dream of doing that. I I'm okay with that. I like that. I, I like the idea of letting my covers be my scrap paper be my uh almost like my backyard of my house where i can just like dump stuff you know and, and just let it be the place where you know you're introduced to the hard work mm -hmm. you know when you come into my sketchbook you're seeing the hard work the day-to-day -day just yeah it's, it's the process is like a diary yeah mm -hmm. I, just me testing my materials out and all that mm -hmm. and you'll see that in the inside covers and then you'll go into the masterpieces that i might want to get into and all that yeah. later deep in the book Um, but I think that's another good way, you know, of breaking the ice, uh, demystifying your sketchbook, you know, letting your sketchbook not be so holy, you know, letting it be used already, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we already talked about stickers. I think stickers are a good idea. Another idea along the lines of stickers is to use your inside covers almost like a scrapbook. Okay. Um, I did that on some of my sketchbooks where I, I used my sketchbook... At, The theme of this of the book was traveling to different museums mm -hmm. and drawing from observation in the different museums and like just all the touring that I did, like whatever museums or places that I went to visit, I would sketch a little something in that book. And what I did is along the way, the tickets to the museums, the stickers that they give you at the museum, the the uh, maps to the museums, I'll cut out little pieces and glue those things into the inside cover in the front of the book. That's cool. 
and that it's almost like using your your book like a almost like a passport yeah you exactly. know how your passport yeah. gets stamped yeah yeah it's almost using your sketchbook as a passport and uh -huh. you're stamping it uh -huh. um i think that's interesting because it tells the story of where you were mm -hmm. it tell it, it makes your drawings more come to life and be more real as far as being memories you know for yourself you you are you're going to remember these these locations even more and it helps you to organize your sketchbooks you yeah. know to yeah. know okay this one was from the time we went to museums yeah exactly this one was from the time we traveled to wherever because exactly. you can do the same if you travel to another country maybe save little um receipts or same tickets and put it on your scrapbook i mean um, I'm, I'm, sketchbooks i'm gonna say something probably blasphemous to some comic book collectors but what if you're what and i'm gonna this is a shout out to nova because i know nova likes to do marvel comics and that <laughs> kind of stuff but um if you let's say if you like to do if you're a, a graffiti artist and you like to do superhero themes mm -hmm. right well what if you use the inside the inside pages of your book of the of the intro of your book and you cut out pieces of comics that you like uh-huh you know what i mean if you yeah. if cut out panels from the different comics that you like and paste them into the intro yeah. so that the intro is a, a scrap collection of all these different comic book clip clippings yeah yeah and then you go into your black book pieces versions mm -hmm. of those comic books that would be cool too you know what i mean that way it's kind of like you're bringing that mm -hmm. little piece of you you know that introduction to your lifestyle to what you like in the inside covers your inspiration and then your work exactly so i mean it could be done that way i know a comic book collector would never want to tear apart their comics <laughs> but um you could always photocopy it you yeah. know maybe photocopy your comics or something and, and cut them <laughs> apart and and use that as your uh your scrap pages in the beginning um all right so i mean so that that's another concept you know using the the intro as a scrapbook mm -hmm. you know page uh The next thing that I was going to say is, um, and this is maybe a little more, maybe now, now we're getting a little more artistic, like actual, your art. So if, if you're not afraid to start right off the gate and, and to start right, out, right away in, into the inside covers, one good concept could be to do sketches only on your inside cover. Don't do any color. Don't do any finished pieces. You know, let your inside covers be a collection of different pencil sketches or different pen sketches mm. only. And then let, let the rest of the book be full color renderings and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. That way, when you open the book, you get a good understanding of your drawing style before you go deeper into finished pieces inside of your black book. Um, if you're a graffiti artist, it could maybe be just do outlines only mm -hmm. maybe maybe your inside covers are are strictly outlines mm -hmm. you know only clean perfect really well done outlines and maybe spend some time just laying out a few different outlines on on the spread of the inside pages on the front and the back cover and then take some of those outlines and render them out inside your book you know i guess that works if you Um, that works for you to have something to present for a professional environment, I feel. That, that also, but I mean, it, black books are, are handed off to people and no, it, yeah, you, yeah, know, you give I an know. impression, but you're saying it but could But if you want to, exactly, it can be a double, a double use. It can you be can, a portfolio. Exactly. Yeah. You can use it kind of like a portfolio. That could be a portfolio. I mean, sketchbooks are portfolios, mm -hmm. you know. Some people use them as, as presentation tools. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, so let's say if you if you do characters, mm -hmm. so just do sketches of characters, yeah, only in pencil or only in pen on the inside covers, and then inside your black book, deep into it, you can do fully rendered, you know, full presentations of the characters, uh -huh. maybe the same characters. You yeah. Know? Um, another idea that might be a little more fine artsy, uh, maybe for people that really draw well, or maybe you don't have to draw that well. Maybe it could be in your own style, but Another good concept could be maybe a self-portrait on the inside cover. So that when, when people open your book, the first thing they see is a self-portrait. It can be an abstract. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a realistic, you know, perfectly done. Yeah. Some people don't like to do self-portraits. Um, but that could be a good way to, number one, introduce people to your sketchbook. Mm -hmm. that, that it's your sketchbook. Number mm -hmm. two, it's a good way for you to mark your, your time you know what did you look like at that time or what did you think you looked like at that time that year oh yeah of that sketchbook i mean i have sketchbooks from 20 30 years ago you know what i mean yeah yeah that that uh i never thought i would have a book for that long in my possession so you know don't take it for granted that yeah sketchbooks are gonna last a long time and and over the years let's say if you did a self-portrait every once in a while in a sketchbook in the inside of it you know those those books become really a journal mm -hmm. a real part diary of your history exactly part of your history yeah so i think a self-portrait is another good idea um i mean well ideas like that i feel like the one about signatures um yeah. having signatures i've that, that one that i thought of having the signatures of the people that are going to be inside the book you i like, like that you like that um i feel like if it's just like a diary or maybe another type of sketchbook where you have notes or poems or stuff like that um poems are good i've written i've written poems in, in books and yeah. not, not just myself but also not my own things only but also like lyrics of songs uh-huh you know yeah um i'm not I'm not really listening to songs like that the way I used to when mm -hmm. I was younger. Mm -hmm. Music's changed. Yeah. It's not as inspiring as it used yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Imagine writing lyrics to some of these rap songs. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true because I, I also used to write down some lyrics and stuff like yeah. that but of songs that I would listen to. Yeah, but, uh, you, but yeah, now it's Nowadays, not, if you were to write down nah. some of those lyrics, it's like, look like really? a fool. What? What? <laughs> what are you writing about? <laughs> no, but if you have, let's say, a sketchbook... For that, um, I will say maybe your favorite uh, poet can be on the inside page, the first pages, or maybe um, your inspiration, same, same um, yeah. things that we were talking about, but maybe referring to poems and and poets or music and lyrics. I mean, I, I'm, nowadays I'm, I'm more motivated and inspired by movies. Mm. I think everybody, I think movies replaced music nowadays. I think yeah. people can binge binge watch netflix all day yeah you true. know what i mean like netflix is is the new radio true you put it on even if you're not watching exactly you know, it's yeah. on in the, background. in the background so maybe something like that maybe it's uh something related to your favorite tv shows or something and mm -hmm. maybe you're writing down notes or ideas from tv shows and mm -hmm. maybe it's something like that yeah you know i I don't know what these young kids are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these young kids are doing in their books now. Fortnite. Fortnite, ¿qué se llama el juego? Okay. Oh, Fortnite. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Make your book about Fortnite. Yeah. And put all your favorite Fortnite characters and, and their, their and gear. And the dances. And the dances and the gear. And the gear, right? <laughs> um, 
no but so you guys out there um all you artists out there if you have an old book oh here's another piece of advice if you have an old book that you haven't touched in a while mm -hmm. buy a new one maybe that book has lost its magic yeah maybe that magic will come back but don't ever feel like oh i have a book already and you know you know books books are organic things they can be replaced you can you can spend fifteen dollars or whatever it costs to get a new book mm -hmm. and get a new inspiration and that's worth the money you know instead of keeping an old stale book that is not doing anything for you yeah you know um getting getting a new book starting for, for starting clean and maybe using some of these ideas that i maybe we just talked about right now could be a good way to start a new inspiration mm -hmm. or start a new project mm -hmm. you know if you uh, i've done that sometimes where i've you know when we were talking we were talking about um doing the merchandise yeah i had i put a book aside just for merchandise ideas and that's and i in the beginning i, I held on to the book maybe i mean the book is like three years old wow and mm -hmm. i held on to that book i think it took me a year to, to finally get some real ideas in it yeah because that first year i would maybe jot down some notes some ideas use it like more like notes and mm -hmm. then that's it and then maybe every once in a while do a drawing in there just for the hell of it and that's it and then after like after two years is when it finally like ideas started flowing in that book and the book started filling up quickly um but all along i was doing stuff in other books you know so so i think if you're going to take on a new a new challenge or a new project it helps you to organize it helps to organize those ideas so so if you if you're out there if you're an artist and you're going to maybe start to do some new paintings you know and you want to make sure that you start collecting and building up that inspiration buy a new book say this book is only for these paintings that's what it's going to be about and then maybe start it the way we're talking about start it with some signatures start it with some testing of the palette of colors you know or maybe start it with a scrapbook concept and start gathering some of the reference and ideas that you want to use for your paintings yeah. and let that book be only about that you know and you're going to see the benefits of that um and if you maybe you're out there and you just you're you know you you're doing fine you got your books you're you're fully inspired you you know you, know, <laughs> you got no issues <laughs> maybe start maybe start a new book just for signatures maybe you got to do the opposite maybe start a book for the hell of it to collect up signatures from your friends and and you know artists that you respect and that you uh, admire um and little by little start building that one up that could be something interesting too mm -hmm. you know but um all right guys stay inspired do your thing Culture talk. Yes, culture talk. So, what are we doing this culture talk, Carla? We are going to be reviewing the movie The Motorcycle Diaries. Hey, good motorcycle right there. <laughs> Sounded clear. I like that. You really, Yay, really said it perfectly. It. The Motorcycle Diaries. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um, all right. The Motorcycle Diaries is definitely a movie that I think a lot of people have heard of. I don't think yeah. it's that uncommon that people have heard of that movie. Mm -hmm. um, I guess maybe it's because of the title. It yeah. almost sounds like the. Uh, it always makes, reminds me of the trap, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. 
<laughs> it's just got a it's got a really catchy title, The Motorcycle yeah, Diaries. Yeah, yeah. Um it's it sounds it's already sounds like an adventure. It sounds like true. You know, something that you'll remember. Um and obviously because of the the subject of the movie, the main figure Che Guevara, mm-hmm. you know, being a popular icon, a symbol for of Latin revo- America. for Latin America and revolution and yeah. even amongst hipsters and whatever. Exactly. Now he's uh, an icon for your clothing. Exactly. <laughs> But, um, but, you know, the Motorcycle Diaries movie, definitely something people have heard of. So, and it's also something that because of that theme and all that, it's something that maybe the artist community, you're going to, yeah. if you're an artist, you're probably going to be into that movie. Exactly. It's, it's going to ring with yeah. you. Um, so the movie, the Motorcycle Diaries is from 2004. I can't believe it's that long already. Mm-hmm. 2004. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you feel the age in the movie. A little bit, but not because they're portraying even an older age. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. Right. Like, you feel the time uh, that they're trying to portray. The movie's 126 minutes long. Did it feel like 126 minutes? Yeah. It did. It, it was long. Yeah, it was long. It was long. You could feel it. Mm-hmm. It's got some parts that are slow. Yeah. That, that you, if you're tired, watching in the middle of the night while drinking some whiskey you might fall asleep <laughs> not not mentioning any names but yeah no, not that that happened <laughs> but um it, it's a sleeper it's a slow paced you yeah. know drama it's got some what's we'll get into like different parts yeah, of yeah. it but mm-hmm. but yeah it's a slow paced movie um it's a drama it's a biography it's an adventure um but it's not like an action he didn't go through the no, latin exactly. america shooting people and exactly. it's not che Guevara in action exactly it's not a revolution it's more uh, an observation and uh, research. Yeah. Um, the cast is Gael Garcia. Gael Garcia Bernal. Yeah. And Rodrigo. De la Serna. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do. They do a great job. Yeah, they did. The, um, the way they play the characters, um, you can really see the personalities. Uh, even the word, uh, the the body language. Yeah. Uh, there was this. Well. I guess we'll talk about that later, but the way they use their body to uh, get to like um, address these characters that were uh, were so known and are so known by all Latin Americans, um, it was awesome. I, I think uh, I I liked just speaking about the actors mm-hmm. first. These two guys, the main characters, they really captured the buddy movie. Yeah. You would really think that these guys were really friends, like yeah. lifelong friends. Yeah. Like they really interacted well. The writing was good because the things they said to each other was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of subtle things, some mm-hmm. things that went unsaid that were just by looks mm-hmm. that you can get this feeling of like, yeah, these people have history. These people yeah. know each other and they're going through changes together. And the accents too. Because the accents. Gael Garcia Bernal, he's from Mexico. Uh-huh. He was doing an Argentinian accent. Yep. And uh, Rodrigo, he is Argentinian. But still, the, the accents and the way, um, the way the movie was written, you, when they pass from town to town. And from country to country. And from country to country, you can really differentiate the different places yeah yeah absolutely absolutely they did a good job the director walter sales Mm -hmm. sales or sales two l's maybe sales yeah sales um sales (laughs) so walter sales walter sales um he did a great job i let me see quickly what else he's done but yeah um 
I think this movie is not just a good movie for acting, not just a good movie for the writing, but it's directed very well. Yeah, because it starts um, in an adventure mode and you're like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? These two guys are just gonna go in a motorcycle through all Latin America? What the hell? They're crazy. But then while um, they encounter challenges in the way, you see how the movies start to slow down. But it's because they're changing. Um, their personalities are changing, their point of view are changing. So I feel like all that worked out very well, that even though it was a little bit boring at, at some point, um, if you are alert and, and you're really watching the movie, you're gonna see that everything is for a reason. Yeah. Because when it's slowed down, it's because they're really looking into themselves and looking into what they're um, experiencing. And, on the way and the director i think did a great job i don't know if it's the director or the cinematographer mm -hmm. but i think a combination of the two always it's always a combination of both but the director did a great job in making it feel like a documentary yeah in certain parts yeah i feel like they actually used real people that they that they on location that they found locally yeah to to portray people in the past yeah but because there are still people living mm -hmm. that the way that they portray it mm -hmm. now they they can capture some of that they can get some of the more indigenous people or more like the, the local native people that are still living kind of like in the past like in a, in a exactly. different exactly and they're gonna look exactly the same and speak as in the same way and they had they had that 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 awkward look at the camera mm -hmm. that, yeah. that usually people that aren't familiar with cameras you know they, they just kind of look at the camera and yeah. they're not it's like a little it was off. very a very natural, natural yeah act which lets you know that maybe they were not actors yeah Yeah, that was that was really good, and I, I think the director did a, made a good call because another director, you give him the story of Che Guevara, and he might make it a big blockbuster yeah. that has no sensibility. Yeah. But I guess because also it was based on a book, mm -hmm. maybe that's another reason why based they based on his book on, on Che Guevara. Exactly. No, no, actually, it's based on the other guy, his oh, friend. Oh, the other guy. Yeah. Oh, so okay, the book okay. is based on the friend's book. On his memories. On his memories. Okay. Yeah. Um. No, the director did... The only one that really stands out... I saw Dark Water. He did Dark Water as a garbage movie. <laughs> It's a stupid <laughs> horror movie. Uh, Paris Jatem. I don't know if you saw that. You ever seen that one? Paris Jatem. No. I, I saw that one. That was interesting. That was a, another interesting drama movie. Um, but I think this is... I think out of all the movies that I'm seeing here in his credits, this is the only one that really stands out for me that I could say, uh, you know. Um, and he's, uh, he's Brazilian, the guy. Oh, the director. Nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. Walter Salles. All right, so um, let me read to you guys the, the synopsis. Um, yeah, read the synopsis. If you guys want to read the synopsis for this, do not go to the IMDb. <laughs> the IMDb has the entire plot with, And with spoilers. Spoilers. It says, it says it on the top, spoiler warning. But the synopsis is not a synopsis. It's the whole freaking movie, <laughs> the whole plot. So if you don't want spoilers and if you want just a brief overlook, don't go to yeah. IMDb for this one. So I went to Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes has a good brief synopsis that i think eloquently describes the movie in 1952 two young argentines ernesto guevara and alberto granado set out on a road trip to discover the real latin america ernesto's 23 year old medical student specializing in leprology and alberto is 29 and is a biochemist The tale follows their journey as they unveil the rich and complex human and social typography of the Latin American continent. 
I think that last part really sums it up. Yeah. And and we can talk about that. I'm going to keep this sentence in front of me while we talk because I think there's a lot in that sentence mm-hmm. that really describes the movie. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just from this synopsis, 1952. Is the is the time period? Yeah. Did you feel that it was 1952? I I felt the time period. Yeah, me too. They did a good job. I don't know if they played also with the colors during the movie, but I felt like it wasn't. They did. Right. It wasn't full color. It was like a sepia. Sepia. No, it was it was warm tones. It was sepia. It was it was. So it makes you feel as if it's even older. Yeah. Um, But they did a good job with the outfits with the. that how you call it the props yeah that they used the, the vehicles um the, the locations the locations yeah the environments uh the landscapes yeah everything was very open and and what it was interesting is that for example if they're going to record at this time uh, or 2004 when they recorded you might see some buildings or houses that don't belong to the time but they recorded in such a great location where everything was empty yeah that it made you feel like oh it's really 1952 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no there was a lot of times when i was watching it that i was really thinking if i go down to bolivia or wherever they were is it gonna be is it gonna look like that uh and i was thinking probably i could probably find a building like that or even that exact building and it probably looks exactly the same way yeah yeah and and it's just a matter of realizing that these these locations haven't changed, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 a good director or maybe a good uh, working with a good team, mm-hmm. you can find these locations and make a really good movie like that. Yeah. Um, so another point here from the synopsis: twenty-three-year-old Che Guevara and twenty-nine-year-old Alberto. Did you get the feeling of their ages? I at the beginning I did, but then it changed. Yeah, and now I'm gonna say I've seen this movie four times, and I have never really paid attention to their ages. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they, I was thinking like he was supposed to be younger. Mm-hmm. Like I was, is this guy like 18, 19? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? But then other times I get the impression of their age and, and, and that the other guy, the uh, hit the friend, Alberto, that he's older. Yeah. Like you get the impression he's the older, wiser guy. Yeah. But um, I mean, seeing it here that they're, that they're describing it as 23 and 29, I get it. So one one of them is early 20s, just mm-hmm. coming to that age, mm-hmm. Che Guevara. And then the other, the friend, is reaching 30, yeah. which back then 30 was like 40. <laughs> back in those days, um, you know, 30 was like if you were 40 now mm-hmm. or something. Exactly. Um, you know, a mature man, you know, he's got his habits, he's got his vices, he's got his, his uh, you know way of seeing the world yeah and he's always trying to take him the other guy under his wing yeah and i think that goes into the story mm-hmm. of of how the friend from the beginning of the movie is a guy who's trying to take his little buddy under his wing trying to mold him in his way mm-hmm. and along the way as they go through his adventures he realizes that his younger friend is never going to be like him is never going to go under his wing his friend is going to become whoever he's going to become with his exactly. new aspirations and political yes. views and all that. It's almost like an older brother. An older brother who has to accept yeah. the coming of age of the younger brother. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. That's a good description. Yeah. Uh, another, another thing about Che Guevara is that he suffered of asthma. 
Oh, yeah. So when when he was having the attacks, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal did a great job because yeah. I was feeling like, oh my God, he's really gonna die. Yeah. And it, it was really real, and I was thinking that somebody that actually suffers from asthma, it has to be very scary. Yeah. Because those attacks are so strong, and you you feel like you cannot breathe, and that's so desesperante. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and and. The fact that he didn't have a respirator or anything, he had this little, he just had a little yeah, old-fashioned, exactly. yeah, in the 1950s, they didn't have real air the, pumps, uh -huh. so, um, you know, medical respirators, so he yeah. had like some little squeezy bottle thing that he would just press and get a little wisp of air in his, yeah. in his lungs, and you could tell it wasn't doing anything for him, it wasn't yeah, helping yeah, yeah. him at all, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right, so just not to make this long, what are the parts that you liked? What stood out for you from the movie? Um, I liked the first i i liked parts throughout the movie so i like when they got to chile and they started to talk to people in chile when they actually use and this was um che ideas che idea when they went to the newspaper to to say oh we have a story to share oh yeah so then they can use the newspaper and it was really interesting coming from a communication standpoint to see that back on that time social media was the newspaper yeah and if you were a celebrity in the newspaper so even if your name and your photo was in the newspaper you can tell everybody there oh look but my story is the newspaper <laughs> and everybody thinks that you're an important person yeah 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 they, uh, used, it, they used it as credibility to exactly. be able to try to get uh, free things exactly yeah. so i was like that's really smart yeah. and i didn't catch that the first time i'd watch it yeah and now i was like oh yeah of course because newspapers it was the the uh, first form of communication yeah. um and then the other part i liked when they went to peru and it was like this whole realization of what latin america is and what uh, indigenous people did um for the future of latin america right that was also a touching point. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that's the, the, the heart of the movie and the turning point of the movie uh, is, is him, the, the main character, the Che Guevara character, uh, as a young person of privilege because he comes from, a, from an educated, educated background and, and he comes from a, main, a big city mm -hmm. and he's on this like getaway kind of trip, mm -hmm. you know, trying to find himself. Mm -hmm. um, and he meets people that are traveling that are workers that yeah, are tra that migrant part. workers mm -hmm. and they're asking him like why why are you traveling like yeah. he like he's they were saying that they're traveling to find work and yeah. then they look at him and they go why are you traveling and he was like uh to travel just because yeah he mm -hmm. says to travel and and left it kind of like whoa i'm really you know what am i doing yeah you know um but obviously that becomes his work yeah. you know his life work yeah so he was traveling for work but a different kind of exactly, exactly. travel oh. an inspirational travel mm -hmm. to find work um but i think that was interesting and then also the, the leper colony yeah when he Definitely. goes to a leper colony a lot of man i wish like we could talk for hours about this but i don't want to <laughs> bore people but like uh, there's a lot of interesting perspectives on how religion Mm -hmm. you know is in latin america mm -hmm. taboos mm -hmm. um and how these young people to check it out and, and, the, and the friend how they had this new modern way of seeing things yeah. through science yeah and they were like not gonna succumb to you know the old ways of seeing things they, they wanted to challenge the old ways and um and it it's 
revolutionary. Yeah. You know, that's where the revolutionary concept comes from is like in his life. Um, I liked a lot of the, the, the socializing that they showed, the dancing, mm -hmm. the music. Um, yeah, I like that too. I, I, I don't know, it made me feel relaxed. Like, yeah. it, it made me wish that I could be there. It made me nostalgic, <laughs> right? It, they even yeah. have a line like that in the movie. They say, how can you be nostalgic about something that you've never seen? Uh-huh. It yeah, almost, yeah, and true. it makes you, this movie makes you nostalgic for something you never experienced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's the way that they made the connections between these two characters and everybody that they were meeting through through their, their trip. All right, so what other parts stand out for you? So the, there was this one part when they're celebrating uh, the Che Guevara's birthday and in the leopard's colony they have it divided um, so the, the priest and the people that are treating the, the sick people they have it on one side and then the leopards um, the patients they have it on another side and they're divided by a and river and they're divided by a river and El Che he wants to go to the side where the lepers are because he wants to celebrate with them but he's looking for the boat and the boat is not there so he said oh it doesn't matter I'm gonna swim and the division and the river is a pretty long distance yeah it's a river it's a wide uh, yeah, river yeah. nobody swims across rivers yeah um so he starts swimming and he starts swimming and it's a very interesting scene because from one side they start screaming like what are you doing come back from the other side the lepers are telling him you can do it you can um yeah you, you can complete it you can do it and he gets to the other side and when he gets out of the water we were talking about this, um, it, it was kind of like a, a baptism. It was kind of like a, the representation of a rebirth for him yeah. as a person, as a doctor, as uh, just as Latin American. Uh, it was kind of like a when he finally realized, okay, this is what I'm going to become. That's a key scene for the whole movie. He's, first of all, he's asthmatic. Yeah. Second of all, he doesn't swim well. Yeah. They, they represented that earlier. They mm -hmm. showed it earlier that he has a hard time with water and, mm -hmm. and, and that the waters are cold and whatever and that his, his body's just not, he's not a healthy person that mm -hmm. way. So him taking the chance to swim across that river was, was a big deal. Everybody was assuming he was going to die. Mm -hmm. It was at night and it was the night before he, they were going to leave. Exactly. And he had already established a relationship with the people, the lepers. Yeah. You know, where he... He, he felt this, this real desire to, to want to share with them before he left. And it's, it, he had to actually go against the, the norms, the social norms of the people that he was actually celebrating his birthday with mm -hmm. to leave them behind and then go do this thing just yeah. to go across yeah. as a symbolic thing to the lepers yeah. and from his heart as well. And I think those elements are the elements that make it like not just a guy swimming across water for the physical part of it, but also the, the emotional element of it, the, the character change of it. And the fact that the, the people from his social circle were saying, are you crazy? You're going to die. And the people from the leper side are saying, you can do it. You can do it. And they're the ones supporting him. Mm -hmm. And that symbolicness of like, the symbolism of, of that they're the ones that are driving him forward to become the person he should be while the other side are telling him you can't do this you can't do that you'll never be able to do that 
and I, and I it, it illustrates very clearly the division of those social circles yeah and how he saw that as being different before he took that swim at his birthday party you know that, that just a couple of minutes before he's at the birthday party he makes a big speech mm-hmm. where he made for <laughs> he always throughout the whole movie he always is too honest yeah right too much but um he makes a speech where he says thank you to everybody for the celebration and for the birthday and all that thank you everybody for the good wishes thank you everybody for the medicine the, the his medical know-how and the, the time there and all that but then he makes a whole statement about we should all be a, a united latin america yeah that we are a, a, a mixed race mm-hmm. that was key he yeah. he makes a big statement about very formal uh speech you mm-hmm. know at a birthday party yeah he makes a very formal speech about how you know the all of latin america that that he's realized that and he makes a pronunciation a proclamation that all of latin america we're all one race mm-hmm. and that we're all the latin american race and that countries shouldn't be divided yeah that we shouldn't be divided by borders yeah and i think that's him crossing that water is crossing a border and proving his theory right like putting action to words he sure. had just finished making that statement and then he went ahead and wanted to prove it that he could do it and i think that's interesting because he if anybody knows about Che Guevara he's Argentinian learned tra- in, in his time learned and traveled through Latin America all the different countries and mm-hmm. then he ended up in Cuba mm-hmm. a whole different country yeah to, you know joining a revolution in Cuba <laughs> you know so so I mean he really lived the experience of we're not just doing something for cuba but doing something for all of latin america and i think the original plan from what i understand is that the revolution in cuba was supposed to be the first of many revolutions yeah and it was supposed to be the concept that all of latin america would would you know expel yeah all these outside forces reading from him online uh he was saying that after cuba he was going to other countries in south america latin america like bolivia Mm -hmm. and he was going to help there but the organization wasn't there from the people from bolivia right to to really fight and and do and make the revolution happen and and you were telling me that fidel castro and che Guevara met in mexico yeah yeah because uh el che then i think he traveled to mexico uh and over there he's meeting with like different people that are um um that they want to create a revolution right and they want something different and that's when he meets with the castro brothers so i i think i think that's a in this movie they illustrate that very clearly this this sense of like him discovering his politics Mm -hmm. his social politics Mm -hmm. before he even discovered any governmental politics yeah you know, just understanding his social politics, what he what he feels about these these farmers and these indigenous people and the poor people and the people that are oppressed and the people that are, you know, shunned out of society. And what does he feel about upper society yeah. that he comes from? How does he feel about them? Um, I, I think that's I, even about revolution. He has a, he makes a statement in the movie where he says uh, his friend is telling him, listen, I got a great idea. We're going to go to one of these indigenous towns. 
I'm gonna marry a local girl, uh-huh. and we're gonna have babies, and uh-huh. we're gonna have a lot of babies, and we're gonna create a revolution. That's revolution, right? We'll 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 breed them out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna make a new empire, new uh, Inca empire. Yeah. And then Che looks at him and says, you know, a revolution without a single shot? No, that's r- ridiculous. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Even though it, it, they're both being ridiculous, but Che Guevara obviously is thinking. Any he's really revo- serious about yeah, it. Yeah, he's serious. A revolution comes with, with bloodshed. A revolution comes with fighting. It comes yeah. with weapons. It doesn't come from just breeding people out or anything like that. Um, I, I think another... One last thing that I want to say is is their trip through Machu Picchu was really inspiring. Yeah. I think the road trip, them, them walking all the way up there... Um, it's like the movie stopped for a minute mm-hmm. when they got to Machu Picchu. Like, mm-hmm. like everything mellowed down. Everything stopped. Yeah. And it reminds me of when you take a trip and you get to that one point in your trip when you're tired. You finally got to a certain point where you could kind of rest. But it's a place that you finally realize you can look back at everything you traveled. Right. And reflect. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody who's had a, a road trip or, or who's taken a long trip can identify with things in this movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all about traveling, about um, discovering yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. recommend it? Yes. I highly recommend it. You guys, go watch this movie, Motorcycle Diaries. I hope we didn't spoil it too much. Open your mind. There's a lot that we Open didn't talk heart. about. So, yeah. <laughs> you wanted me to teach you, right? Street Hablando Español, Carmen. Okay, yes. Hablando Español. What are we going to talk about? Um, how do you say... Yes. Diaries. Diaries in Espanol is diarios. Yes. Is there a word for journals or is it the same? Uh, it's the same. Okay. So diaries, diarios. Um, how do you again. say cover page? Cover page. Yes, cover page. See, I was going to say cover page. Cover page or the cover of a book? Um, cover page. Because <laughs> it's the same thing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. All right, uh, the cover of a book, it would be... I feel like I've said carátula in the past, but I don't think that's right. No, that's more like for a CD or something Cover like for that. a CD is a carátula? So, yeah. the, el forro. No. El forro. El forro is the cover. No. Yeah, forro is cover. Forro is like if you're trying to protect the book. That's what you oh, put on top. Oh, like a book sleeve? Top. Is a forro? Mm-hmm. A book sleeve. Okay, so what's a cover page or cover of a book? Portada. Portada. La portada del libro. Okay, portada. Por la portada, la primera página. Okay, portada. Um, how do you say notes? Notes. I, I'm guessing it's not notajes. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> notes. Um, notes is... Um, shit, I don't know. No? It slipped my mind, no. Notas. Notas, notes? Yeah. Notas. Yeah. Ah, como Tomando te voy a, nota. Te voy a dejar una nota. Mm-hmm. But nota can also be music notes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. How do you say portrait? Portrait. You mean portrait? <laughs> portrait. Oh, portrait. How do you say portrait? Portrait, um, retrato. Yes. Okay. Wow. I almost said potrates. Or almost said what? <laughs> I almost made up another word. Oh. No, my retrato, God. retrato. Portrait is retrato. Yes. 
Um, how do you say suggestion? Uh, to suggest is suhestri? Suhestra? No, suhistra. Suhistra. No. Okay, all right. <laughs> suggest is... To suggest is sugerir. 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 So, suggestion is sugerencia. Sugerencia. Suggestion. Sugerencia. And to suggest is sugerir. Mm-hmm. All right, got it. Um, how do you say quotes? Quotes. It's not quotas, is it? No. Quotas is when you have to pay. Pay your quote. Your quota. Your quota. Yeah, it's a quota. Okay. But what is quotes? I don't know. You don't know? Quotes? No. It's citas. Citas? Yeah. The little quote marks? Yeah. Are citas? Yeah. I've never used that. Citas. Like when you when you are... Cuando estás citando a alguien. Oh, citation. Maybe in your like work. Like citing. citation. Like yeah. citing. Like citing. Citas. But when you're talking about also quotes, it's like la cita de esta persona. Very cool. Mama. All right. I learned something right there. Citas. Okay. Um, and then that's all I got. That's Do you, all you have got? any? Yeah. How do you say river in Spanish? Rio. Rio. All right. How do you say colony in Spanish? I think we said this one another time, but okay. Colonia. Oh, very good. How do you say motorcycle in Spanish? Uh, <laughs> here we go. Bueno, in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. <laughs> All right, first, how do you say it correctly? How do you say motorcycle in Spanish? Motocicleta. Motocicleta is a dictionary version. Yeah. Motocicleta. Okay. Pero en Puerto Rico le decimos motora. What? Motora. Motora, engine. <laughs> no, motora. Motora, engine. No, porque engine is motor. Oh, so female engine, motora. Exactly. Okay. Motora. Uh-huh. Y en República Dominicana, a los taxistas que usan motorcycle le dicen motoconcho. Motoconcho. Montate un motoconcho, vete con un motoconcho. Motoconcho. Así es. Ah, ok. En, en Colombia le decimos moto. Ah, pues. La motocicleta o la, o, o la moto. Montate en la moto. Montate. Ya, mi moto. So, Puerto Rican say it too, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know where you get that other. Motora. Decimos motora también. <laughs> All right. All right, all right. Another episode wrapped up. Yes. Next episode is going to be episode 42. Mm-hmm. And it is all about bilingualism. Yes. Speaking Spanish. Yes. Speaking um, Spanish or another language. Or another language. And uh, in art life, I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about French and Italian words, terms that are art terms Mm -hmm. that we probably know and you don't even realize that you're speaking a foreign language when you're using these terms, but it's terms that every artist should know. Interesting. What about you? On Cultural Talk, we're going to be talking about the benefits of being bilingual and the different types of bilinguals they exist. Right. Because you learn to be bilingual in different ways. Yeah, yeah. True. Definitely. And then at the end? Vamos a hablar español. You're going to become bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Talk to you guys then.